0: Living the Word Today.
1: So, every time we open this book, it is a fresh opportunity for God to talk to us. Let's make sure, let's make very sure that we are listening to what He wants to say to us.
0: LivingTheWordToday.com. Look,
1: the message of the Bible does indeed prepare us for eternity, but it also prepares us for the day we are currently living.
0: Welcome to Living the Word Today. We invite you to spend the next few minutes studying God's Word with your Bible teacher, Jesse Wagoner. Pastor Wagoner's desire for you is not only to understand God's truth, but to help you live it today. More resources can be found on our website, livingthewordtoday.com. Now it is time to open your heart and your Bible for your time in the Word.
1: It is exciting to be able to open God's Word because we know that His Word is true, we know that His Word is authoritative, we know that His Word is powerful, it is living, it is uh, for our benefit, it uh, does all sorts of things for us. It corrects us, encourages us, changes us, molds us, all those things together and I'm excited to share God's Word with you this morning. Today we're going to look at, uh, at Noah in just a moment, but before we get into that, let's take just a moment and uh, ask his blessing as we get into his word. Father, thank you for your truth. Thank you for those that have come this morning, Lord, as we come with hearts that are ready to receive your truth. We come with enthusiasm, Lord, even as we've just sung a moment ago. What a wonderful way to express, Lord, holy forever. That's you. That is you. And Lord, in your grace through the Lord Jesus Christ, through our faith in his finished work, We have been made holy forever. Lord, we don't feel very holy. We know in a practical sense we're not. But Lord, because of your righteousness applied to us through Christ, Lord, that's our position in you. And Lord, help us to live up to that position. Father, we pray for those that are joining us online today. We pray, Lord, you bless them wherever they are. And for those who cannot be with us in person, we pray your blessing in their lives. Speak to us, Lord, we wait to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Down to verse 7, Hebrews chapter 11. We come to a man in Scripture that you know very well. You've heard his story since you were a child, no doubt. And interestingly, in Hebrews chapter 11, with all these lists of people and the great things they did, he's allotted exactly one verse, <laughs> one verse in, the, in a description, and it's all contained in verse 7. By faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not seen, not yet seen, Moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. Notice the first and the last words of verse 7, and that will give you a theme and a flavor of what we're talking about in this chapter. It says, by faith, and it says, which is according to faith. It's a call for us who are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ to strengthen our faith, to just make sure that our faith in him is the bedrock, of all that we hope for, all that we believe, and to not go back, to not not let that just kind of get stale, or to get weak, or to get in a place where it's not the center focus of our being. He says, "I don't want you to go back." And you recall, if you see right there in the subtitle on the screen in front of you, that Jesus is the greatest of all, and that's the great appeal that above all the things that these readers hope for, and all the things you and I can imagine, Jesus is the greatest of all, and he calls us to that. Now he's using these examples of people who were people of faith to call us back to just treating Jesus with the greatest of all. Today I want to talk to you about the audacity of faith. There's just something rather audacious about believing in someone you cannot see, believing in things that have not yet been, to believe in things that we just have God's word on it recorded in Scripture. And we understand there's many people in the world, and maybe some of you, and if that's you, that's okay. Because this is sort of where many people are. We don't want you to stay where you are. We want you to move toward faith. But you understand, the things we ask people to believe is pretty, pretty out there. There's a God who just spoke, and here we all are. That's a pretty audacious statement. The audacity to believe that in our world, in our modern thinking, you can relate that. Now, if you've grown up in in, in church, you've grown up in faith, and you've embraced Christ for a number of years, we say, well, I don't have a problem with that. But we have to understand the mindset beyond our little conclave of the world thinks that way. To believe that just by believing in something, not doing something, not accomplishing something, just believing in something that happened nearly 2,000 years ago, can bring me eternal salvation. And when I die, I go to a place I've never seen. You can read about it. We can go to heaven and live with God forever. That's a pretty audacious statement. Well, it's pretty audacious for this man when it says in verse 7, by faith, Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen. Well, what was he warned about? He obviously, no, he was warned that God is going to destroy the world with the flood. Now, just to get a little bit of the backstory, I'm going to read a few verses for you from chapter 6 of Genesis. Feel free to turn there if you like. If not, listen very closely. Because we have the backstory of what was going on. And even though it's a long time ago, it's going to sound fairly up to date. It's going to sound extremely up to date. All right? Chapter 6, verse 5, Genesis. Here we go. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was very great in the earth that sound up to date? And it says, And that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Bad days. And notice this shocking statement in verse 6. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. It reached to this point that even we being here was something that struck his heart deeply. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I've created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing and birds of the air, for I'm sorry that I've made them. It's all going to be destroyed. We say, that's awful harsh. (laughs) Well, if you believe in a creator God to whom we are responsible, a God who is holy forever, what's he going to do with all this unholiness running rampant in the world? He was not compelled to make us. And he certainly can do with his creation whatever he wishes. Then you find this little glimmer of hope in verse eight. Do you see it there? But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. There's one guy, there's one standout guy that had received his grace. He was a believer in the Lord. And it tells a little more about that in verse nine. It says, "This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Here's the key. Mark this well. Noah walked with God. Sounds a little familiar when we talked about Enoch two weeks ago. He was a man who walked with God, a recurring theme. Verse 13, skip down there if you will. Uh, And God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them from the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and outside with pitch. And he goes in and describes it in verse 17. I myself am bringing floodwaters on the earth and destroy from under heaven all flesh which is in which, in, which, is, the breath of life, in which is the breath of life. Everything that is on earth shall die. But then he goes into how you're going to build this ark, this boat, and it's going to preserve all who are in the inside are going to be saved. So even in the midst of all this chaos and all this evil and all this violence and all this corrupt thinking, God is entering into the world of grace and offering a way of escape. But notice it says, he walked with God. Two key components we can learn from him to have for us to have audacious faith, have the audacity of faith. And the first one is simply this. Here's the words, not gonna be a surprise to you. We need to be people who walk with God. We walk with God. As we walk with God, that is the place that puts us in this place where we can be people who have faith, who people have growing faith, and that faith can be rewarded by God. And uh, you might want to just keep a finger there or a card there or something there. I have a bookmark here. And we're going to go back to Hebrews chapter 11 for just a moment. But I want you to think with it because it says in verse 7, By faith Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen. This didn't just come out of a vacuum. Now it probably sounds like it. Noah's just doing his thing. God says, I want you to build a boat. There's some flood coming. You found favor with me. I'm going to destroy all that. It sounds out of the blue. But... It was not out of the blue for him to be seeking and listening for God's voice. This was not just some random people, all the people on the earth, I'm going to pick you. No, this was a man who already had this experience of walking with God. Now, if you walk with God, in other words, that means just we are living our life constantly, listening to him, trying to please him. He is the center focus of our life, not just some sort of tag on, add on, maybe sometimes when it's convenient, but I'm really living my life for him. That's going to put you in a particular place. Do you not imagine with me that Noah was in a rather unusual place when he came home whenever God talked to him and says, Honey, I got to, I got to tell you something. You, we, we love each other and you follow me and we've done all these things together for all these years, but change of plan. Our direction of life is about to change. Well, what's, going to, what's going to happen? Well, God spoke to me. Maybe Mrs. Noah thought that was okay and maybe not abnormal, but what did he say? We're going to build this gigantic boat. And it's, uh, by our reckoning, if you convert the figures, it's one and a half foot be- football fields long, okay? It's huge. And multi-story, it goes way up in the air. We're going to build this big boat. And she's probably thinking there's no water in sight. Why are we building a boat? What's going to happen? God's going to destroy the world. How's God going to do that? He's going to cause it to rain. We were told in the second chapter of Genesis that it had never rained before. There was a different methodology, and it says a mist would come up from the ground. Somehow God watered the earth from below, and it had never rained. You know, you probably, it's, it's, gonna, it's gonna rain. What's that? Water is gonna fall from the sky. Well, how long have we been on the earth? Has water ever fallen from the sky? No. How about your grandfather? Does water ever fall? No. Has anyone ever known, has anyone ever conceived that water could fall out of the sky? And he's called to believe something that has never happened, never been seen, cannot be proved, not verifiable, not repeatable, at least to that point. How do you think that conversation went? And then he starts telling other people. And then we start building this boat there on dry land. And uh, someone's going to ask the question, Hey, Noah, what you got going on over there? And he tells the story. And he tells it again, and he tells it again, month after month, year after year, year after year. And the boat's being built, and he was completely out of sync with his day and his time and his people. Because the world was filled with violence, filled with evil. There was this one guy. If you walk with God, that's going to put you out of sync with your world. Get ready for it. Don't don't shy away from it. People are going to think you are weird. People are going to think you are nuts. People are going to think you've just slipped. I mean, it's okay to be religious. It's okay to be, you know, if you want to go to church and sing those songs and do that sort of thing, you want to, you, want to, you know, give some money to, to a cause, a, you know, some religious spiritual cause to help people, whatever. But, but when you go over that edge, that you believe in something that's just way out there, it puts you in that place. Because our enemy, society and Satan combined together, makes it look like that what we believe is just so out of the mainstream that it's to be discounted. Sometimes he does it by saying, to believe in God. That's old-fashioned. That's what people used to believe. I remember sometimes at a conversation on a plane years ago. Uh, in a conversation with another friend and I. We were going on a trip and we were talking and he kind of entered the conversation. And he says, you know, I just think that stuff in the Bible is just people were scared and they had to find some way to not be scared. So they wrote down all that stuff and made up all these stories just to make them feel better. And we don't need that anymore in our modern times. You probably have heard something similar. You probably hear people say that all the time. He makes the things of God, the things of faith, sound old-fashioned. He also makes them sound abnormal or irrational. But notice the first two words of verse 7, by faith. By faith. God calls us to walk by faith. Faith we get from what God has told us and he didn't, we don't even have to wait around for God to speak to us. However, he spoke to Noah. He's spoken to us because he's written a book and put it down in black, black ink on white paper so that you and I could see it. And he calls us to believe that. Now let me just say this to you. Maybe you've come, maybe you're listening. Thank you for that. I appreciate your bravery to listen to someone like me. Because for many people that may be listening to me right now, and some people may be in the room listening to me right now, might say, you're a little out of sync with the times. You're out of sync with culture. You're out of sync with whatever. It seems a little old-fashioned. It seems a little irrational to believe that these things are true. But I salute your bravery for at least listening. And I want to challenge you to do something. I want to, I want to encourage you to have the bravery to at least consider what everybody else rejects had the bravery to even accept what everyone else believes. You know, it says here in this text, in verse 7, By faith Noah, being divinely warned of things, not seen yet, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark. He was obedient to what God called him to do. How do we know he believed what God told him to do? Because he did what God told him to do. It was seen in his actions. Obedience is what proves this. Now, I want to encourage you, if you're a person that, that's faith, or maybe your, your faith was burning brighter and hotter and more intense somewhere in life, and then you got busy in life with all sorts of things, and, you know, making a living, going to school, figuring out life, whatever it is. And maybe you just say, you know, it sounds a little old-fashioned. It sounds a little irrational. It sounds a little strange. I want to encourage you to think about this, because I'm convinced what keeps most people away from faith Is a desire to avoid being obedient to the God who has spoken. Because if I have to obey God, I don't determine my own destiny anymore. If I have to obey God, that doesn't mean I can do anything I want. As long as it doesn't hurt anybody else, I can do anything I want, right? I have freedom. I'm convinced that the reason most people don't embrace faith and the, most, and the, mo- the main reason most people ridicule faith and the, most, and the most prominent reason that people say it sounds old-fashioned, all the time, irrational is because I just don't want to conform my life to a God who may put some limits on what I do and don't do. Faith is seen in obedience. And maybe your lack of faith is because you are just not willing to obey a God who made you. There were several, probably billions of people, especially with the lifespans they were living, millions of people, maybe billions of people on the earth, when Noah went on that ark and God shut the door and what had never happened before happened. All of a sudden there's a plop. Plop. Plop, plop, rain, 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 rain. Forty days it rained. The fountains of the deep broke up. Water's coming from below. It's coming from above. And planet Earth turned into planet Ocean. And only those on the ark survived. A great price to pay for independence from a God who made us. A horrific price to pay for a God to whom we do not want to be obedient. And I just would encourage you. To open your, open your mind to say that I want to at least consider. And I want to encourage you to do something. If you're not a person of faith or you're watching and you never embrace faith in Christ, there's a six-minute video I want to encourage you to watch. I'll tell you how to do it at the end. If you're watching online, the link is with the description you're watching online. But uh, I'll tell you how to do it. But would you, would you be willing, would you be brave enough to spend six minutes to listen to a message about the truth of what God wants to do for you? You be thinking about that, and I'll give you that opportunity in just a bit. But, you know, for us who are people of faith, who have embraced faith in Christ, as I said earlier, we can just sort of let that slip and slide and get stale, and I'm busy with other things, and maybe we feel like I've kind of got life figured out. And maybe you do have life figured out. Maybe you're going in a good direction. Maybe you feel like things are going well. If that's you, that's okay. But I tell you what, if you're not a follower of God through Jesus Christ and come to Him by faith, it will all come to a crashing and horrific end. Maybe not in this life, maybe in this life, oftentimes. But beyond this life, it is true. Because it says in the end of the verse, and I I can't ignore it, okay? But it says, by which he condemned the world. How did he condemn the world? I thought God condemned the world. Well, he condemned the world by he was obedient and he was the contrast to all those people who were not obedient. He was the contrast of people who, a person who believed God and all those who didn't believe God. And that's a reality that we all face. But for us as believers, we need to develop our faith. We need to just take God at his word and obey him. By the way, Moses it says in, in, in 2 Peter chapter 2, he's described, Noah's described, Peter describes him as a preacher of righteousness. He proclaimed the truth. He had a three-word sermon. You ever think about that? Three-word sermon. It's going to rain. That's all he had to say. Most people believed him. By the way, his obedience was not determined whether it was successful based on how many people believed. It was based on successful that he did what God told him to do. And sometimes we, th- well, we're not being very, I mean... The vast majority of people who live right around us where we are are not in any kind of church anywhere today. They're out doing something else or doing nothing. All right, I'm glad you're here, but we are not the minority. We are the minority. We're not the majority. And we say, we don't feel like we're being very effective. All we need to do is be obedient and proclaiming His truth and living His truth and believing in Him and leave the results to God. So we need to share that simple message. And also I want to encourage you one other thing you can do. It says in the middle of the verse, with, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household. The only people who got on, his, on the ark with him besides all those animals, and we usually, usually get all excited about the animals, you know, and they came two by two and all that sort of thing, and we draw pictures and put them up, and you know, we, we, we give our kids coloring books to color those pictures. It's fascinating because we all love animals. The writer of Hebrews doesn't even mention the animals. Let's talk about the people. The condemned world. Let's talk about those who were saved. It was his family, his wife, his sons, and their wives. Eight people get on the ark. That was it. But you know what? I'm sure when the door closed that Noah was glad that his family was with him, right? And if we can accomplish nothing else in this life, there's been influence on our family, those people we love dearest, to to share Christ with them and implore them to come to Christ and to live a life before them that they can see this as genuine because they need to see something that's real. And they're not going to see perfection from us. But maybe they see, hopefully they see some progress that we're genuine, that we're real, that we're trying. And if you're, you're kind of slack on faith, find somebody that's walking with God and piggyback with them. Get, get, get with other people faith. And you've come this morning. I, I, find, I find encouragement to my soul to be with you. I hope you do too. But be with other people. And be growing in faith. Be in the word. Walk with him daily. I think that entails we need to read his word every day, we need to talk to him every day, and we need to decide to obey him every day. You put those three ingredients in, that's walking with God. Listen to what he says, believe that he listens to what we ask, and then to do what he tells us to do. If you have questions about any of those things, just get in the word. It'll give you instruction on the other two. Now, there's one more part to this. He walked with God. Secondly, he witnessed for God. Simple as that. That's what he did. It says, prepared an ark for the saving of his household. Every, every piece of gopher word that got nailed into place. Every piece of, uh, of superstructure got put into place. All the food that got drugged into the ark. All the animals when they finally came. All that stuff was truth that something significant was going on that he believed it and he was obedient to it. I wonder when people who didn't Want to obey God and didn't believe in God. I wonder—it's it's a horrible thought, actually—but I wonder when they realized this was real. They didn't realize it when Noah told them. They didn't realize it when uh, when the, when they were get when the ark was built. They didn't realize it even when they saw the animals gathering. I mean, you think that would have said something's up. <laughs> the animals would be behaving a little different. You know, why are those elephants going past my house? I mean, what whatever. But unfortunately, they only, just, they only found it real when the judgment came and it was too late. So what we need to do is make sure we keep building and we keep sharing and leave the results to God because we need to be a witness and we need to be obedient in that. So we need to influence our family for Christ and we can influence others for Christ as well. And uh, the fact that he is mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11 tells us, that this is an example to follow. Now, Jesus in, in uh, Matthew chapter 24 mentions Noah. He says in that passage that as it was in the days of Noah, so would be when the Son of Man comes again. As it was, Well, how was it? Violent, corrupt. They were, their thoughts were evil continually. And I don't have time to get into this. But there's a hint in chapter 6 that tells us that it was demonic. The demons, the followers, the fallen angels that followed Satan in rebellion were active in this world and trying to corrupt this world. Friends, if you want my opinion, I think all those things are are directly in play in today's world. Violence, corruption, evil thinking, demon-empowered evil and corruption yes it's all there does that mean jesus is due to do back any time all i can say is this we need to be ready at any time because we don't know the time but i find it interesting with those trends and it just simply reminds us that we have a limited time to be of influence to others to invite them to come to him and then it will be past that point as we would say it of no return have you noticed that it's uh, getting close to Christmas time? Have you noticed that? Have you seen any indications of that? Um, show of hands. How many of you got some Christmas decorations all the way up in your house? Raise your hand. Oh, wow. I didn't expect it to be that many. I expected it to be a lot. Congratulations, I guess. You're ahead of the curve, baby. But, but this, is, this, is, this is a season. This is time. I I wanted to find this figure. Just think for a moment. You come up with a number. How many people in our society, in America, celebrate Christmas? Just think of a percentage. You'll see if you get it right. I'm not talking about they come to church or they believe in Jesus, but they celebrate Christmas on some level. Surveys say that it's 93% of people in America celebrate Christmas in some fashion. So the message we have that Jesus has been sent into the world to be the Savior of the world... As it says in Galatians 2, 4, when in the fullness of time God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, to be the Savior. Now that may not be what's on their mind, but there's something on their mind, and I just kind of think that this is sort of prime time for us to leverage the truth of the gospel into people's lives because they're already thinking about Christmas, even though they may be totally off on what that means. But it's our, it's our end. It's our, it's our step in. And we're the people who know the truth, Right? We know it's not about hanging a sock on your chimney. That's the big deal, right? We know it's the real deal. Uh, You know, we understand those things. Think about this, how much people value. How much people value this season. 2022, according to the National Retail Association, 2022, total holiday spending last year, this would include gifts, travel, food, all that sort of thing, 936 billion dollars in America alone. That's billion with a B. This is big business. People put big money into it. So I just simply to say this. There's something that we can capture of their attention and point them to Jesus. What did Noah did? He walked with God. I hope you're walking with God. If not, start walking with him today. If you don't know him, come and trust him we'd have a conversation with you on that if you'd like that and i'm gonna give you one other thing to do in just a moment but it's an opportunity for us to to enter that now when you came in unless you're sitting on it you found two little cards look like this on your seat got them all right that's that's the first seeds we're putting in your hands for christmas okay and I'll just be real brief how this works. If you're watching online, you can click the link because you don't have this card available to you. Or you could actually probably click the screen while you still see the QR code. But basically, on one side, it says church. Okay? That's who we are. On the other side, it says, do you have an unopened gift? And what we want to encourage you to do is just I, It works. I've already given at least one out this week. Actually, I gave two out, I think, this week. But anyway, all you say is, hey... While you're celebrating Christmas, hey, why don't you scan that little QR code there. Scan that with your phone and take a look at a brief video message. I think you'll enjoy it. I think it'll be a blessing to you. And if they don't, have, if they don't understand QR codes, the website address is down there to get to it. It's basically our website address and then, and then slash gift. And what will happen, a video of me will pop up and I've got a six-minute video that talks about Christmas and tells a little Christmas story from our lives. And then it gives the gospel. And the basic premise is this. God's given us a present. You need to open it. You know? The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through who? Through the Lord Jesus Christ. And that will be a gospel presentation for them. Then, if they would so be inclined, we're going to give them an additional gift rather than just six minutes of me. They can put a form on the form there. They can put their name and address, and we'll send them a copy of this book. And uh, it's called The Case for Christmas by Lee Strobel. Some of you are familiar with the book, The Case for Christ. Well, this is looking at the Christmas part of it, but it's, it's designed for those people that would, would think that faith in God is unreasonable. Or can I really trust this? Is this does this make any sense? And it's specifically designed for that. If they put their address in there, we'll send that directly to them in the mail as quickly as we can get it to them. And that's another gospel witness. So two different ways. And what we want you to do is take those two and get rid of them as quickly as you can into someone's hands, All right. There's more on the table back there if you need more than two, but I think this is a great opportunity for us, and I love just having something tangible. There's something about having something in your hand. When you do this, most people will take it from you even if they don't know what it is. Okay, they're going to take it. And they'll stick it in their pocket, stick it in their purse, and maybe it'll turn up later and something for you to use. Also, Depending on your interaction with somebody, maybe this is the start that you can start a conversation that goes beyond. Well, why would you give me this? Well, the reason I'm giving you this is this, whatever. And if they want to know where to start, if they're local to us, here's where you can show up on Sundays. We'd love to have you. You can sit with me. I'll show you how it works. It's not as scary as you think. Those people aren't as weird as they may seem. And you can come, all right? So let's walk with the Lord. Let's witness for him. And let's do this. Now, go back to verse 7 one more time. By faith, he believed God. Being divinely warned of things not seen, that's God's revelation. Moved with godly fear, prepared an ark with the, for the saving of his household. He heard God, he believed God, he obeyed God. And then he witnessed as he did what he did, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness of In other words, the one thing he received above all else for anyone else and all those great things he did, saving the animals and all that, preserving a seed of mankind on a world that was being totally destroyed, he became an heir of righteousness. He received the righteousness of God, which comes through faith. There's only two kinds of people in this room, only two kinds of people listening. Either you're a person that is righteous by your faith in the Lord, or you're a person that still needs to have the righteousness of the Lord come to you through faith. Jesus died for you on the cross, so sin's penalty is paid. And all we have to do, as simple as this, as unrational as this sounds in people's ears, all we have to do is say, Lord, I believe that and truly mean it. And he will be our Savior. So let's make sure we walk with God. It's a great opportunity to witness for Him.
0: Thank you for joining us for Living the Word today. We appreciate your sharing in this study of the Scriptures. Also, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you will not miss a single episode. And thanks, too, for your prayers and for letting others know of this ministry as we seek to be Living the Word today. We would love to have your feedback and to hear from you, and the best way to contact us is through our website, livingthewordtoday.com. Until next time, may His blessing be yours.